What up, guys? Well, leaders aren't promised that everyone will always like or support them. How do we move forward when the people who are on our team aren't necessarily getting behind our leadership? In this episode, you'll learn how you can lead well, even when people aren't following well. Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. We are stirred up about connecting your Bible to your leadership and your leadership to your Bible. Hey, if you're just joining us in this leadership community, thank you so much for being here. If you enjoy it, would you consider sharing it on social media? It just does so much to get the word out there when you do that. Also, if you want to write a review or rate it, it really increases our exposure. If you want to never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And you can always find more leadership content at markcarter.life. Hey, I know that you are always doing some moving and shaking, so let's not waste any more time. Let's jump right in. What up, everybody? Well, today we're talking about feeling under-supported in leadership. Here's what I think you are going to find if you haven't found this out already. At some point, either because it's true or the enemy might be painting it this way, you are going to feel mistreated. You're going to feel misunderstood. You're going to feel undersupported or unsupported by the people around you that you'd be like, man, I, I wish you guys just had my back a little bit more. I wish, you know, you guys would occasionally be encouraging or um, I wish that I just felt like you were on my team or you were all in with me a little bit more. So to Today, we're going to talk about how to do this when you're leading through a season when you feel undersupported. How do you keep leading well? And we're looking at David in 1 Samuel 30. Now, let me just set the stage for you. Remember what's happened. He's He and his, his men have come back to Ziklag. They were trying to join the Philistine army. They couldn't join. And they come back, and all their stuff is gone. The city's burned down. The Amalekites came and, and took all their stuff and burned it down. And now they're in a very tough moment because everybody's really upset. And they're upset even with David. It says in, in verse 6, David was in deep trouble. Because the troops were talking about stoning him because they're all uh, in deep distress about their sons and daughters. Can you imagine the trauma? Everybody's going through trauma, but can you imagine the trauma that David himself personally is going through? He's wondering if his own one loved ones are alive. Um, he's wondering, um, how am I going to fix this? He's, he's feeling horrific about everything that is, has gone wrong here. And to make matters worse, the people who should be surrounding him and being like, all right, man, what are we going to do? You know, let, let, let's join up. Let's join together. Let's get together a plan. And, you know, we can do this. Like the people he would hope are like on his side, you know, in terms of morale, they aren't. We feel insecure in these moments. Um, we might get angry. We might try to go too fast and, and just, well, I'm just going to focus on the work then and just solve the problems. Sometimes when things aren't going the way we expected and people don't really seem to have our back, we can even turn against the Lord and start blaming him. Other strategies that we have might have tried would be to just demand respect. I had a boss that did this once, like that was kind of his only tool in the toolboxes. Anytime the team didn't do what he wanted, he would just start to kind of like pound the desk and be like, man, I get no respect around here. And it was a good attempt to prick everybody's conscience, but he never did anything else. Never really built up the team or, or modeled a different way. So how do we do this? How do we get through this season when we feel under-supported? Let me say first that, of course, the long-term objective would be to build teams that know to support one another. Like that would be the ideal, that, that people are bought into the vision. Uh, you have a culture in the team that resolves tension deliberately and with grace and truth. But if you're part of a team where that's not the norm yet, here's what we need to do. We need to still demonstrate great leadership 
even when we feel undersupported. And man, that's super hard. So how do we do it? Let's look again at David and what he did. First, number one, lean into the Lord. David knows God is all he has to turn to, and he needs direction from God. And so we see in verses 6 through 8, like David's like, hey, man, I need to find strength in the Lord my God. And that's exactly what he does. He goes to the priest. He says, hey, man, I need to hear from God. So they put on the priestly vest, and he's asking God, God, what do I do? Do I go catch these people? And the Lord responds to him, praise God. And my friends, that's what we need to do is get in God's presence when we don't know what to do and we don't feel supported by those around us. We need to hear from God. Even in this hard season, it can be one of the most shaping of our lives if we let it drive us deeper into our relationship with Jesus. So number one, we lean into the Lord. Number two, we confront the problems that we need to confront. See, time in God's presence encouraged David, and it gave him some direction. Uh, verse 9 says, so David set off with the 600 men. So what did he do? He, he heard from God, hey, we, you need to go do this. And that's exactly what he did. We can resist the need sometimes to deal with conflict but most of the time, conflict just grows. It doesn't go away. And so if there's if there's something we need to go confront, if there's something we need to do, it's not going to go away by just wishing. Uh, it's going to go away by us leading. It'd be nice, sure, if something was different, but David decides, you know what, I'm going to pursue things to make them different with God's help. Now, this might come as a surprise to some of us, but number three is... Don't wait for everyone to affirm you. See, you don't necessarily need emotional support if you have permission. Act when you need to. Here's what we do wrong. Sometimes we're waiting for everybody to like like what we're doing. But a, a leader can't need that. At the end of the day, leadership is about taking action and helping people get from one place to another. It's nice to feel supported when we're leading. Man, it's it's terrific. But we can't need it. As long as you have the authority on paper to get us from here to there, man, don't be roughshod, but don't hesitate to lead. Long-term wisdom is shown by her fruits. That just means that if you know that this is good leadership, like you know that it is, you've had good counsel, like you, your, your leadership mind is just trained, dude, this is the right decision. Not everybody likes it, but it's the right decision. You have to go ahead and do it. Aim for the long-term win that's going to look like wisdom, not the short-term win of like wishing everyone would surround you with hugs. Um, there's certainly been times in, my, in the organization that I lead when I felt unsupported by you know some of the ones around me. Uh, and I had to lead and make some high change moves. And really, at the end of the day, I just had to go do it. One time we were merging a church. And if I'm honest, wanting people to like me or like the decisions that I was making probably kept me from leading as strongly as I should have in that moment. Now, I'm not suggesting that anybody goes rogue or you do things outside of the chain of command or the counsel of wisdom, but if there's work to do and you have the authority to execute, get as much buy-in as you can, but don't let the desire for everyone to like it hold you back from what would just be plainly good, wise leadership. Sometimes people are against you. Other times, because they're not in the leader's chair, remember that they don't necessarily know what you would need to feel supported. So sometimes it's really not that they, they're not bought in or they're not committed. It's just that they don't, they're not the leader. They've never been there before. They don't know what you need in that moment. And so there might even be some coaching that you can do to, hey guys, look, I'm in this moment. This is what I need from my team right now. Then you may need to coach them to say, I need you just to like encourage me sometimes and say, man, I'm with you heart and soul or 
you know, here's, here's my feedback on this. Here's what I think. But, you know, no matter what I, you know, I love you and I believe what God is doing here. Whatever would be appropriate for that. Sometimes you need to coach your, your team just to doing that because that's what you need. So what do we know? We lean into the Lord. We confront the problems we need to confront. We don't wait for everyone to affirm us. Number four, we adjust who we're doing this for. Now, I know that you love your people. I know that you serve because it's what Jesus wants you to do and you don't need a reward or anything like that. But can I just lovingly encourage you? I don't believe that's going to be enough to motivate us for the long haul. And I think the scriptures believe that too, because the scriptures talk about actually, man, just doing this because there's reward. And the scripture wouldn't talk about that if it wasn't a good reason. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 3, 8 says, the one who plants and the one who waters work together, but each one will receive their own reward for their own labor. Like God says, hey, I'm just telling you ahead of time, there is an incentive here. Just keep going. Don't keep going because the people are supporting you because they won't always. Don't keep going because everybody's applauding you because they won't always. Man, just keep going because I'm going to reward you for doing it. Like, baby, it is going to be worth it. It is legit to say, Lord, I believe there's real reward for enduring what I'm going through as a leader right now. That is really the only thing keeping me on the bus. I love Jesus, and I want this reward with him forever in heaven. So I'm, I'm just going to not give up. Nehemiah said it this way, Remember me, O Lord, for the good that I've done according to all that I've done for these people. Nehemiah 5.19. So th- this is just legit, man. Look, reward is a good thing. God God puts it in there because he wants us to want it. Uh, and he wants it to motivate us to keep us going. At times, you're just going to be so disappointed and so discouraged by the people. Uh, the reward's going to be the only thing that keeps you going. Of course, our primary motive in serving God and his people is our love for him and our people. But it's a legit secondary motive to hope for reward from God. Check that out in John 4, 36. Things like 1 Corinthians 3, 8, 14. 1 Corinthians 9, 15 through 18. Hebrews 11, 6. Like, dude, the Bible is very clear about this. Reward is a good thing. It's not wrong to want reward or Jesus would not have suggested that we want it. So what do we know? Lean into the Lord. Number two, confront the problems that you need to confront. Number three, don't wait for everyone to affirm you. Number four, adjust who you're doing this for. So you're doing it for the Lord and for his reward, not for everybody else. And then number five, model grace and virtue, even when some of your people don't pass all their tests. So we know what happened. David and the boys, they go, um, they find the Amalekites, they get all their stuff back. And then David does something interesting. He honors his people for the victory won, even those who didn't even technically go into the battle, they just guarded the stuff. And even though they were ready to stone him at the beginning of the ordeal, like, I don't know about you, but I would have been like, See you suckers, like how dare you doubt me? He could have been like, I should fire you all right now. You wanted to stone me. But that's not what he did. In verse 22 through 24, he says, look, guys, look, we're not turning against anybody here. We're all going to celebrate because God has given us victory. He made it good for everybody. Now, listen, even though they didn't pass all their tests, here's a good reminder. If you're a spiritual leader, you are in that chair to benefit the people, not the other way around. Leaders must remember that the Lord makes them leaders not because they're awesome, but for the benefit of his people. I love the way 2 Samuel 5.12 says it. Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. Why did he do it? Why did the Lord raise up David? For the sake of his people. 
Israel. In other words, all this stuff that had happened with David was actually about helping God's people. So let me ask you this question. Even in the midst of you feeling unsupported, even in the midst of you wishing more people had you back, hey, are you a benefit to his people? I'm not talking about misses where, you know, folks in your organization repeatedly demonstrate that they can't be trusted or work well with others or they lack competence or, you know, they don't have the best interest of the team at heart. But the question is, can you overlook the fact that they didn't do wonderful loving you, but you're still going to demonstrate quality A-plus leadership toward them, even though you feel undersupported. In fact, if you want to do a pro move, encourage them for what they're doing right, even though it would be helpful if they would be encouraging you. Sometimes we haven't encouraged our people enough because we're like, oh, but I'm needy. Like I want something. Hey man, you're the leader. You're not going to get as encouraged as everybody else all the time. And you just need to keep leading well. So what do we do? Number one, what do we do when we feel under-supported? Number one, lean into the Lord. Number two, confront the problems you need to confront. Number three, don't wait for everybody to affirm you. Number four, adjust who you're doing this for, for the Lord and really for reward, not just for the people whose feelings might change or their affections for you might be fickle. And number five, model grace and virtue even when some of your people don't pass all of their tests. Because, my friend, you know this, I know this. We are here to benefit the people, and our reward is really from the Lord. Don't give up. This can be a profound shaping moment in your life, just like it was uh, for David. And remember that the Son of God himself was very under-supported at the cross, but he still pressed on for the joy set before him. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today. But if this podcast has been a blessing to you, would you consider leaving a review in iTunes? It only takes three minutes, but it really helps the podcast. And share it with a friend who may want to go deeper in their own personal leadership development. Before I sign off, can I share with you something that we're doing here at the organization I lead, Torch of Faith Church? Do you want to go as far as you can as an influencer? then you have to attend the Global Leadership Summit on August 8th and 9th. Speakers like Craig Rochelle, Daniel Strickland, Bear Grillis, they're going to make sure that we have an incredible two-day experience of developing our influence. Now, the church I lead is a host site. So that means if you sign up for the Leadership Conference, you can actually do it with us here at Torch of Faith. You can check out the entire GLS speaker lineup at thetorch.church slash GLS. Now, if you tried to pursue even hearing just one of these speakers, you'd you'd pay upwards of $1,000, but we get to devour all of it for only $189 as long as you sign up before May 21st. After that, the price goes up. Hey, can I just speak to you as one leader to another? It is so important that we invest in our own personal leadership development. Sometimes that means taking a day off work. Sometimes that means spending a little bit more money, but it is always worth it to make us better as influencers. Go ahead and check out thetorch.church slash GLS, and you can find all the information you need to get registered today. Now, six weeks later is the Sword Girl Conference. This is the ultimate girl power Jesus blowout that we do every year at Torch of Faith. For the woman or daughter in your life, it is worth it. This is the coolest thing that we do. This year, we've got Jamie Ivey, Stephanie Boyce, Sophie Hudson, and Mackenzie Carter. That is September 20th through 21st. And right now through May 26th, now it's like this is the window's closing here. You've got less than a month to get the best price, which is $70. And that is at swordgirlconference.com. Folks, thanks so much for allowing me the privilege of speaking into you. It's been a ton of fun today. We'll talk to you next time.